Hello everybody, it's so nice to have you here. I'm Sasha and I am with somebody that I truly love, that it's so, so loved so deeply in my heart, which is my sister Michelle Casey. <laughs> Hi Sasha, hi everyone, and that love is so full body returned. <laughs> Yeah, so Michelle is a sex coach. Uh, she works mainly with female sexuality. The, the, her knowledge is pretty extensive. She, she has also worked with men beautifully. Uh, she's so passionate about her work. She's an artist. You can see her, her beautiful, her beautiful art uh, on her Instagram page and on her Facebook. She's just such an inspiration. And something that she works uh, a lot with is the power of pleasure and the power particularly of self-pleasure and that's what we're going to be discussing today yes thank you for that beautiful introduction sasha you give me body tingles <laughs> <laughs> yes so um first of all i think that this um this whole topic self-pleasure is like this Uh, like like somebody said in one TED talk recently, uh, it's the new meditation, right? It's our new meditation. It's connecting to our body, connecting to our essence. Uh, what does self-pleasure uh, mean to you? How did you discover the potential that this has for you? Mm, beautiful question. And yeah, I love that that offering. I think it was, was it Keely? Um, that 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 did that TED talk and my journey with self-pleasure has been really interesting it really I started self-pleasuring from a young age but quickly formed really narrow habituated fast um almost disembodied self-pleasure habits and it was really to me at that time just a way to release sexual tension um i would just feel this build up in my body um as like a, as a young person and just want to get it out um and that's all that really like that really represented to me it really existed in this cloud of of kind of um naughtiness and relative shame and i shouldn't be doing this but my body's telling me to do it so i'm gonna do it anyway um And really for me, the way I really started to change my self-pleasure habits was just getting a new sex education was my starting point. Um, I really started with just like integrating some of the shame, changing my mindset around it. And then it was when I studied alongside you with, with Leila Martin that I really shifted into a much more holistic um, way of experiencing self-pleasure where you know, there was so much more spaciousness um, to just expand pleasure, expand the experience and really experience like deep embodiment and deep transcendence and all of the magic that can come from that. Um, yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Yes, that, that has been our experience just to, to live these practices as these opening experience right like opening up about uh, a bottle and, and i discovered something what you're saying you mentioned that your body was asking you to do that so in your mind it was uh, when you were younger there was this sensation that you had to get that off your system 
but your body was asking you to do that. So the the image that comes to mind is that of the genie in the bottle, like literally opening a bottle and, and allowing the genie to come out. That like our creative genius coming out and expressing itself through this through this magic. Yeah, I love that. I love your gorgeous visual mind. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally, and it. Yeah, like as I've really, I think that has a, a parallel to so many aspects of my life because really letting that genie of my pleasure and my eroticism come out has been, um, gosh, has been the opening to so many dreams, so many desires, so much just richness in my life. And so, what a perfect poetic, creative little visual you gifted me. <laughs> Yeah, and I also um, wonder because I, I have been reading your your posts, which are so beautiful. You really guys have to have to check them out, which I'm sure you already do. So uh, you were speaking about shame, how how we are so ashamed of our genitalia, our sexuality, uh, and you've been pushing uh, by inspiring people towards this liberation of this shame that that weights heavily on us. Could you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. And firstly, I just want to acknowledge if you can hear that background wind and rain, it's because there's a storm outside. <laughs> uh, bring me some, it's so hot in here. <laughs> yeah, and I love that question and there's so much that we could go into in there because shame and sexuality is is a thing that so unfortunately is so commonly um, linked together and is something that all of us really, really hold. And, you know, there's there's a lot that comes up for me in, in that question is, you know, how, how does shame live in our minds? How does shame live in our bodies? And how does shame inform our actions? And you know, for me, I think the first layer that I really started to unpack was how was shame around sexuality living in my mind? What were the things that I was telling myself about my body, about my pleasure, about the way that I was doing sex? Um, which was a really powerful starting point was just saying, and this is something people I really invite you to, to do yourself is, is really get curious on what are the things you are telling yourself about your sexuality, about your body. Um, you know, how is that actually informing your experience and contributing to your experience? And I think that's the point where a lot of people stop and it's really important to also go into the body. Like, how do I actually physically experience shame? When do I notice it comes up more often? Is it in relation to you know, the way that um, I p feel that my genitals look. Is it related to my orgasm or my lack of orgasm? Is it related to body? Is it related to my taste, my smell? And really understanding like, what does that feel like in my body? And something that's really powerful to do from that point is practicing, how can I meet this with acceptance? How can I just acknowledge this? And the best way to allow ourselves to do that is really by saying, 
where did I learn this stuff? Because what I know to be true, what I see over and over and over again, is that the shame that we carry is not our fault. It has come from so many societal, religious, systemic things that have informed this shame in us. And it is not ours to carry, but it is also, you know, it's not our fault. And so, you know, when we can understand that it creates the space for us to understand that shame is there trying to protect us from something shame is there trying to contribute to our sense of belonging um and so you know that can sometimes support that ability to reach out with acceptance and then the last thing that i mentioned was you know how is shame informing our actions so i love to just get curious sometimes about you know, am I, is my cat? Hi, <laughs> cat! She's coming to chat about the pussy-related conversation. Um, yeah, so I was saying, you know, like, am, am I choosing from a place of shame? Or am I choosing from a higher wisdom within me, from a part of me that feels more resilient? Um, yeah, so those three things together can start, can be really good ways to start thinking about how you carry shame. But it's important to acknowledge that it's, it's a real process to heal and integrate that, right? It doesn't happen overnight. I love that, especially because it keeps us from really connecting deeply to this power, to this genie, right? Like I have seen women so frightened to touch their bodies like they feel like there is huge shame religious shame uh, and even uh, societal shame i have i have heard women thinking that it would be like betraying their partners if they found pleasure on their own and not through their partners so there there are so many beliefs that are limiting our experience but i love the compassion that you are using to describe this process of shame, like, like it's a sensation that it's protecting us and we can learn how to listen to it with this, with this compassion. I just love that. And I wonder what happens, what happens when a person uh, starts connecting with this, with this, uh, with this motivation of, of her shame and starts liberating herself from this shame. What is the pressure beyond this? What is the pleasure beyond the shame? The, the pressure, because I, I think that it's like, like if shame was the guardian of a treasure, like like the dragon guarding a treasure. Uh, oh, treasure, so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, uh, if, if shame was this dragon guarding this, this treasure, this gold, what could that gold be? What is the, what's lying beneath this shame? Mm, yeah, what a gorgeous question. And I think, I think that that question of what is underneath this, what is lying beneath this, as you so gorgeously said, can be so, so powerful. Um, you know, what I've What I've found underneath, like what the treasure is to me, is actually something that feels incredibly normal. You know, I was talking to my partner about this the other day and I said to him, it's sometimes funny and hard for me to really recognize how far I have come in my own 
healing journey because it feels like I'm returning to something so normal that feels like such as a place of home within that it doesn't feel altogether new whilst also feeling really new you know I've never experienced it before but it just makes so much sense um and so you know like I I feel that whilst also feeling like underneath this shame is just so much bigness is the way that I summarize it bigness in just you know sexuality is such a powerful place to be able to play with the fullness of the spectrum of humanness of you know bigness smallness like grief anger like pleasure pain like there's so much that can be under this beautiful umbrella or within this beautiful treasure chest and so you know I feel this sense of homecoming the more that I integrate and heal my shame but also this increasing sense of, of bigness as well I love that so much. Now, there is something uh, that has become very natural for us, but I'm pretty sure that it's not so much for people outside our our communities, which is how we define self-pleasure. Because maybe for for people that are not uh, in this in this kind of world, uh, the tantric world, it's like so so what do i just take a vibrator and go and, and masturbate and that's going to liberate me just five minutes ten minutes is that what it takes so how would you define like a healthy self-pleasure process yeah oh great question so to me i love to think about self-pleasure as being you know i think a lot of people you're right they, they think self-pleasure is masturbation there's quite like a rigid view and a limited view of what constitutes self-pleasure but you know I like I know you do take on a much broader definition so I think of self-pleasure as sexual pleasure sensual pleasure soothing pleasure and also therapeutic pleasure as well to me it's it's anything no matter how big no matter how small it doesn't even have to be sexual um that that just offers your body and your mind pleasure and so i love to expand this definition because i think it's important for us to recognize that you know different types of pleasure are accessible to people in different ways depending on your history depending on your background depending on your privilege depending on you know the week you have had depending on your body and so you know what i love is when we can say you know self-pleasure doesn't have to look any one way there's so much creativity um that can be used when it comes to self-pleasure like self-pleasure can be giving your hands like the most luscious massage where you really just do so with an intention of receiving pleasure from this touch and so you know that was the first thing that came to mind which is just expanding the definition and then i've forgotten the second part of your question would you so kindly remind me <laughs> like how would you describe a healthy process of self-pleasure Yeah. I think you already described one very, 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 very important point, which is intention. I love that you mentioned intention. 
and that you mentioned that it doesn't have to be sexual, but it can be sensual or soothing, or, or I mean, or therapeutic. I, I love that you are taking these these parts into consideration. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, and I love your use of the word healthy because I think there's so much for us to explore in that. Is You know, I personally am of the belief that there's no one thing when it comes to self-pleasure, unless it's harming anyone, of course, mm-hmm. that is unhealthy. Yeah. So this can be a somewhat controversial opinion, potentially. Um, but for instance, like I, I do not believe that consuming pornography is unhealthy. I do not believe that, say, using vibrators is unhealthy I think it all depends on the relationship we have with these things that are in our life and in how we experience them um and so to me healthy looks different for everyone um but in that word like healthy there's there's also so much there's so much room for all of us as humans to enrich our lives with more pleasure that I firmly believe will only contribute to our health Um, and so, yeah, I mean, should we talk about some kind of things people can try when it comes to like experimenting with different self-pleasure stuff as a means to find their own healthy kind of self-pleasure thing? Does that feel good? Absolutely. Because, um, I mean, the question comes from this idea. I also believe that pornography is not necessarily evil, like, like, but it's also, Um, how you use it, right? Uh, so I have found that many people consider uh, a, a self-pleasuring habit just to watch porn, touch themselves quickly, and that's it. They are done. And they don't really get to connect to their body, to nourish their body. It's more about like this, getting something out of their system. So how how would you um, how would you suggest that they re re oh sometimes I hate not not speaking in my natural language it's like <laughs> reframe that's the word how would you suggest that people could reframe pleasure in a way that it's nourishing maybe not so much about healthy because you're right there's not necessarily something that it's healthy or unhealthy unless you use it in that way but But how could you suggest somebody to use pleasure in a nourishing way? Yeah, totally. I love that. And I love I love how through this conversation we're breaking down like just language around pleasure because you know, I you know, I I've never thought about that myself until this conversation about how there's so much healing that can come from just rethinking the language that we use. Um so Yeah, nourishing self-pleasure practices. I think uh, one of the, the biggest things that I always invite my own clients to do is to slow down. I think one of the biggest things that, that I see is with habitual self-pleasure is, is you know, like you awesomely described, is this habit of, okay, I'm going to chuck on some porn, I'm going to, you know, whip out either a vibrator, I'm going to start, like, you know, stimulating myself really at quite a fast pace just to bust one out and you know you don't really give your body the opportunity to really be present with the sensations that are arising to really feel how your pleasure moves in your body to really like be in that experience 
And so slowing down is a really great, great way to break some of those habits. Um, and when I say break habits, I don't think we ever need to get too concerned about like stopping certain things when it comes to self-pleasure because you know what just happens in the mind is if we say you can't do that or you shouldn't do that, it becomes even harder to, to let go of that. I think it's about adding. It's about adding new things. Keeping your old faithful self-pleasure habits and adding in new ones as well. Um, so slowing down is one thing that's amazing breathing deep into the belly or breathing deep into your genitals as you self-pleasure and letting go of any kind of goal or result like when we're fixed on the orgasm as being the purpose as being the intention it creates or it just gives you a lot less space to really be in your body to really let all of this pleasure and energy like fuse into your cells um but when we can you know to bring it back to what you were saying at the start Sasha is um can we change the intention around this can we make it okay I want this to be nourishing I want this to be therapeutic this is a self-pleasure session that I am entering into with this like intention to give my body something that it otherwise doesn't often receive um so slowing down breathing um and relaxing the body is another amazing one so often we speed up we tense up everything and really being able to just like relax relax the the muscles in and around the genital area relax the whole body so your sexual energy can move um tension can be a really awesome thing too but inviting in relaxation as a tool to to use amazing <laughs> i love that i love all of these points they are so 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 important and they hold so much power so um we are we have spoken about how pleasure doesn't necessarily uh, have to be sexual i remember that there was a point uh, like you don't know guys but in our training there was a point in which we had to masturbate like daily for a year so uh, at some point we were like, like and not like quickly it was like uh, one hour practices so at some point some of us were tired <laughs> and i remember that there was a point in which i was just like okay this this practice i'm just going to, to stroke my hair i just need to stroke my hair Uh, and that's going to be my self-pleasure practice. I don't want to touch my genitalia. It's tired, it's sore, it has had enough. I'm just gonna go and give myself a good scalp massage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was right there with you. I, I, I love that you mentioned this because I don't think I ever actually talked to anyone about this during during our time together in the program where Yeah, there were times where I just honestly was like, no, I cannot. Was he says no? <laughs> Time out. Time out. No. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> And again, it was so pleasurable. I remember that those times I got so much nourishment just from rubbing my arms, my my scalp, my neck, and it was like And this is what I needed to nourish myself, to soothe myself. So that was the, the idea of that practice. And I think that was precisely what we got from it. It was with intention, 
with slowing down, removing the idea of orgasm, uh, with uh, taking care of our breath, breathing deep into, into our genitalia. Uh, and all of these parts together uh, work beautifully. They, they work magic. They are so nourishing. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. And, you know, I think I, what I was really thinking about when you, when you said that is, you know, in the past when I've thought about just touching myself in a sensual or soothing way, um, you know, I would... I wouldn't get as much out of it until I started to really change my mindset around it that you know okay I'm going to do this with immense presence I'm going to really think about um, this as a, as a self-pleasure act I'm going to breathe and slow down and relax as well and, and bring those tools to something that otherwise seems really simple um, that is you know perhaps oversimplified or you know or if you simplify it you just don't reap the rewards um so yeah i i love i love love illustrates how how applying all of this wisdom to simple kind of touch and simple pleasures is is two two thousand <laughs> exactly and especially because uh, we learn to do this automatically and we do sex automatically and we do everything like automatically we don't really think about it anymore we just go uh, and I say it's go like boom 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 you're done bye <laughs> in and out boom 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 out uh, and that's so automatic that we are not really present so the, the power of just being present and slowing down it's what conscious uh, self-pleasure trains us to do yeah you are so right and you know you just inspired me to to talk about that that whole being on autopilot when it comes to to self-pleasure and also sex is we I think it, I believe it's because of all of the fear, all of the shame that surrounds it. We feel much safer following what's being prescribed to us, when in reality, um, exploring your authentic sexuality, exploring the fullness of your pleasure, is like going into the wilderness. It's finding new paths that we've never before, you know, walked down, and. That is really scary because how do we know if we're doing it right? How do we know like if we might find something we don't like and you know that can bring up all kinds of discomfort, all kinds of feelings of failure, all kinds of things. Um, so there's like a real like you know let's just keep doing this, keep doing this. Um, and so I love, you know, through these conversations, my hope is that we normalize this, we give people permission so that they can go into the wilderness of their own bodies and, and really just feel what they were expertly crafted, expertly built to actually feel in their bodies. Yeah, I love that. Like, uh, just to close with this um, metaphor of the genie in the bottle, you don't have to just go and run it. You, you have to seduce the genie into coming out, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's very sensual. Genie, come to me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michelle, for joining in this conversation. I, I am so sure that people are going to get 
so much from this. We spoke about shame, we, we spoke about redefining uh, self-pleasure and how much power it holds for us and how we can explore that in our daily life. So we have gotten so much from this conversation. Thank you so, so, so much. Wow, and thank you, my gorgeous sister. I adore you. It's so good to talk about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, yay!